Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back once again to the Future of Football. It is the podcast from Versus that brings you closer to the people, the stories and the ideas that are shaping the future of the game we love. Once again, joined by my main cohort, my main colleague, Mayo Quadri, to take us through the latest episode. So Mays, first up, how are you keeping man? How's life? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, you know, outdoors is opening up gradually, which is really, really good news. Um, playing football is, you know, a reality now. When you <laughs> so get back out there, what, what's your yeah. timeline? When is the pitch being graced with your presence again? Well, Friday is when it's booked, but I might have to, you know, sneak into someone else's session before then. <laughs> but um, Friday is when it's booked. So, um, yeah, no, it's 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 good. Everything's good. Um, and I feel like um, I learned a lot from this um, episode because it's an area I was aware of, but just kind of speaking to our guest opened up my eyes so much more. 100%. I mean, as people will see from the title of this episode, having clicked on it and listened through and hopefully engage with us on all our platforms um yeah we're looking at really the life of a pro fifa player um, and what it takes to be an esports competitor at the highest level by talking to one of the best esports pros in the game um our guy shells and we'll get into a chat with him a little bit later on but i think likewise for me like i mean as someone who's played fifa for every year i can remember the idea of being a professional fifa player that would have seen the most exciting but accessible career like I could imagine. Because I think everyone at some point in time when you're playing FIFA with your mates, you feel like you're the best amongst your peer group. Everyone has had that emotion, that experience. And I feel like that sort of confidence level just makes you feel like this career of being a competitive esports FIFA baller feels like something that anyone can achieve. But obviously the reality is, just like becoming a professional football player, the percentage that go from smacking your mates 5-0 on a Friday night online to actually playing for tens of thousands of pounds on a big stage is so, so, so small, let alone those who hang in there and continue to compete year after year at the highest level, which is what Shells has done. So for you in this episode, like what were the things you most wanted to find out from Shells about sort of the sports culture and the way that pro FIFA players do their work? For me, it was definitely about what it's like being on that sort of professional circuit and how it is similar to football, as we're mentioning, because from the outside looking in, if you don't have a lot of information on something, a lot of people for so long said, oh, football's just kicking the ball. And they could probably say that, oh, FIFA's just playing a game. But it's not. I mean, some of the, the intricacies of what we discussed from him talking about how the game changes every year, how, you know, you have to adapt to certain circumstances, the pressure in, in these environments, the, the pressure of travelling and having to compete and represent a team. It's all stuff that I would have considered previously, but hearing it from the horse's mouth, as it were, it was like, whoa, like I actually didn't take into consideration how big this is. And of course, with anything new, this space is growing so, so quickly and there's so many new things unravelling. I mean, this is someone, you know, who represents a football club. Like a few years ago, that wasn't normal at all. Now, loads of football clubs are involved. He's just been in the E-Premier League. He's just won it. <laughs> so yeah. it's changing so quickly. And to kind of hear his perspective of someone that's probably been in the game for about four to five years now on his journey and where it could go was really interesting for me. Definitely. I think what's great as well is, as I was mentioning, the idea of accessibility around esports is one that's always been super exciting to me. 
And Shells and his story as well just represents the rags to riches story that so many of these young people go through. So for him, you know, as we'll hear, he was a guy that was studying in sixth form college. And just from basically playing the weekend league on FIFA 17, he was able to earn a spot at a competitive tournament from the comfort of his own home. He then traveled to that tournament, placed second, and amazingly took home $60,000, which, you know, for someone who literally a month previously to that was just kicking it at home in his bedroom on FIFA, like any other person, to be able to make that transition so seamlessly just gives you a sense of how like amazing these possibilities are for those people who are talented enough to dedicate themselves to the game, to become better and to really make the most of their potential. And like you say, man, there are so many similarities to football as well in terms of how these guys train, how these guys prepare, the level of competitiveness and mental edge that it takes to compete at the highest level. Trust me, this is a very, 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 very different environment to you and I playing FIFA, playing pro clubs with the guys on Monday. Shout out SK, shout out Mali, shout out David Hall, all the guys. Um, it's just a different culture completely. And I think Shells is someone that not only did he have this rags to riches moment where he broke through and became a name within himself, but he then hung around that FIFA scene for four years since, right? And he got signed by Man City, which for Man City, one of the biggest clubs in the world, man, what an amazing achievement for him to get. And then this weekend, just gone, this is a guy who at last won the big one when he won the E Premier League trophy, becoming essentially the best FIFA player in the country on a professional level for his club, for Man City, which is just the most amazing thing anyone who plays FIFA professionally could hope to achieve. So yeah, this conversation is just amazing from our side. And I think it gives you insight on number one, what life is like as an esports pro in a manner that people haven't really discussed before. Number two, what it really takes for people to sort of make it at that higher level. And number three, what the future of the space holds. So yeah, now this for us is a big conversation that we hope definitely gives you an insight into what the future of football looks like. That's what we do. We bring you new ideas and the people that are driving those ideas forward. And there's no one better to talk to about the growth of esports and the growth of pro FIFA players than E Premier League champion Shells. So let's roll it over. Like my man, we're talking just before the finals of the E Premier League get underway. Like for my money, the E Premier League of what it represents is definitely one of the most accessible and exciting tournaments in the pro FIFA calendar for, for fans, especially. Um, you personally, what does that event mean to you and where does it rank in terms of the events that go on throughout the year? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think it's like up there with like the most important one, especially being a UK player. Um, I think we look at the E Premier League as like our Premier League. Like we want to win it. We want to be the guys that's like claiming it and being number one in our country. Um, but as well, I think it's because it's so like reachable. I think we kind of fight for it a little bit more. And these other qualifiers, these other tournaments, you got to win nine eight rounds just to make it to the knockouts and then there you got to win another four rounds just to get to the semis you know what i mean whereas here i won three games i'm in the semi-final so it's like an arm's distance hopefully i can go and grab it but now nah, it's definitely up there with like one of the most important trophies in the year and like in terms of um the importance and kind of how cool it is that, in your opinion to see really like real fans having the opportunity to rep their club like i myself funny enough i for the first e premier league i thought i'm gonna throw my hat in the ring this year. <laughs> And I got through like the club playoff round for Brighton. Yeah. That's like my closest team. And I'm nowhere near good enough to like mix it with you or anyone on that level. But yeah. myself, having the opportunity to essentially kind of give it a go and get to a place where you think, you know what, this is quite a cool experience. How important is that aspect of it? Because it does feel like the one tournament where real fans can sort of have a go and like, you know what I mean? Like put their hat in the ring and just test themselves a little bit. 
that's what it's all about. It's like, like engaging with everyone, everyone like kind of coming together and playing together and having fun. Um, even two of my school friends, you know, they went to uh, enter the Chelsea club playoffs mm. and they both made it there. And I came down to just to support them and watch them because it's just funny. And you're seeing them like playing against really good guys and seeing them doing well and stuff. It's just like, it's nice to kind of see them in like my scene. Um, but that's, it's just nice seeing people kind of experience what we go through on a daily basis. And it's fun for every, anyone can get involved. And that's the main thing. So just, just turn up and have a chance really. 100%. I, th- I think esports, obviously, as a world, as an industry, as a cultural force, is something that so many people, like you're still learning about it and how it works. Like if you look at the comparisons to pro-, pro football and pro sport generally, like there's a very clear pathway and understand about how you go from, in a way, casual player to pro, all right? Like you get scouted, you're in an academy, you're signed to a club, you make your debut. That entire infrastructure is in place to build talent. For you, how did you develop your skills as a gamer? <laughs> And um, at what point did you recognize that, you know what, um, not just better than a few of my mates that I play with casually on like nights around houses and stuff, yeah. but I'm actually of a level where I can do this properly? I'm not going to lie. There was a few like, you know, sick days off school where I'm like staying home wanting to play FIFA all day. And like after school, you know, I chill with friends. But then when I'm online, like, when I come home, I'm online straight away for the whole night kind of thing. Um but with me, I think I was just a really competitive player. Like, um, I hate losing them with everything I've done. So when I played online with my school friends playing pro clubs, like, I'm fuming because they're not passing me the ball and stuff like that. So I kind of, like, ex- went out my way and played with, like, random guys from all around the world, Germany, Sweden, Holland, and tried to play with, like, the best players in the world rather than kind of just having fun. Because my way of having fun is winning, it, as, as sad as that is. But, um, yeah, I just hate losing. And each year I kind of just got better and better and... FIFA 17 came around where they brought in the foot champions and the top 12 in Europe went to qualify for the first tournament. Um, luckily, I was cu- coming home from sixth form and one one month I finished, I think, 11th or 12th, one of those, yeah. and got invited to my first event. And with esports, like, it's kind of hard because it's not about, there's not really academies where, like, you bring in a young FIFA player and you kind of work his way up. It's more about opportunity. And when you get it, you've got to be able to take it, really. And that's what I've done, luckily. So interesting you mentioned that because that was 2017, right? And before you mentioned that this is your scene, which it is because you've had an amazing few years. But when you initially got involved in esports, what was the perception of people around you about what you were doing? It, it was tough. I think my friends kind of knew about esports. Like we can, we watched gaming videos, Call of Duty, you know, FIFA, all of that. And we kind of understood that it's a thing. But when I told my parents, like, because I had a situation where... I needed time of school to attend my two tournaments because I actually qualified for two tournaments. One was FIFA and one was NBA 2K. Um, but I needed so like a week or two weeks off school completely because I had to travel around the world. Um, and they wasn't letting me go because of my attendance. You know, them few sick days where I'm playing FIFA, it did affect me a little bit. And I made a decision on my own where I'm like, this is that opportunity. This is something I potentially want to do. And I just thought, why not try it? Um, and luckily it paid off. Um, but when I told my parents that they was fuming like my dad's all about education you know he was thinking what have you just done but when they see me on stage and when luckily in my second tournament I won $80,000 which is <laughs> life-changing money for anyone like me um, never seen that type of money before but when they see me on stage with the cameras and the lights on me and, and the streams and stuff like that they was like wow this is this is something big and now they understand it and they've been supporting me ever since that's what I wanted to ask you next, because with any sort of professional, right, there's a lot of sacrifice that has to take place in order to get to where you, you want to be. And ultimately, when you achieve your goals, of course, there's that victory. But 
how did that feel for you? Like you said, winning that prize pot, you know, being on TV, how did that all feel for you as someone that, like you said, that took that risk and, you know, decided that I'm going to do it fresh out of school? Um, it, it was surreal, to be honest. Like, I even remember, like, little kids coming asking for a picture. And I'm thinking, like, why do you want a picture of me? Like, I'm just, I just play FIFA, do you know what I mean? I'm not like Sancho or anyone like that. Um, but it was just something to, this is something I wanted to do. And it's just kind of nice to see it just getting paid off, kind of, really. I did lose in the final, which did really annoy me. Um, and I got that sour, like, taste of victory. Like, I want to be able to call myself a champion, which I'm still fighting to do that. Um, but no, nah, it was just kind of like a dream come true just to be able to do what I want to do for, the, for a long time. So you had that amazing first tournament, right? Where, like you say, you won that amazing. Was it like $80,000 prize? 80000 yeah, yeah. Madness. I mean, at what point of time in your journey um, did kind of immediately, was that the moment when your sort of parents and friends like clicked into gear and realized this was a real thing? Like almost at that moment, that tournament sort of wake everyone up to how much potential you had in this space? Or was there still a bit of back and forth as whether that was a long-term thing for you? Nah, that, I think that tournament literally kind of just put me on the scene and kind of just showed everyone like they see me in a in the newspaper if my, my school friends was like put me on like the smart board and like showing my teachers and there was all a bit like a bit angry because like they didn't think I was actually going to do anything well um but that was definitely a life-changing moment I think everyone supported me since my friends was even watching me yesterday um but everyone knows how big it is and how big it can be um and yeah I think that just changed everything for me Speaking on how big it can be, of course, you signed for City, Man City, in 2018, right? Yeah. See more football clubs, you know, adopt that approach of signing professional um, players. But what does it exactly does it mean to be a Man City esports player? I'm not gonna lie. When I first put on the shirt, I was gassed. Like I, I can't explain the feeling. Like I felt like I was a real footballer. Like, like when I first put on the jersey, I see the City shirt, I saw shells on the back. I was like, wow, man. And when, when I go down to Manchester, I'm in uh, the facilities. I see all the first team players, Foden and Seth Sterling walking out. And I just can't really take it in and like realise I'm actually representing them, but on FIFA. And it's just the things that they do for me off the pitch, it, it, it helps out a lot. And it's kind of like a, a non-ask just to say, sorry, I'm messing up my words, but to say that I represent Manchester City on FIFA is it's just a crazy, crazy dream. Because we all want to be footballers growing up or want to be athletes. Obviously, we can't all be doing that. We don't all built like bricks, you know. We can't run for thirty second, um, hundred meters and stuff like that. But to be able to represent on FIFA, it's, it's like another dream. So, do you very much feel like part of the city family? Like you're there, they're very good to you. You're part of that family. Like you've been to the facilities, you've met some of the players, etc. You're really part of that group, right? I feel like I'm City's number one fan. Like honestly, and like, they treat me so well. And like when they're playing, I'm nervous. Champions League, I'm nervous because I want them to go all the way and just. I definitely feel like I'm a part of the club and they make me feel like I'm a part of the club and I, I just wish all the success for them. Nah, it's sick, it's sick. Like City as well, man. City are like, you know... Like yeah, at the time, there was Premier League, Premier, League, Premier League champions at the time when I was there. Um, it's just crazy to say that I'm working with them and, and they support me all the way. Nah, levels to that. And in terms of um, what your daily routine is like, how your weeks look, like, yeah, how much training work focus mental strength goes into being a, a pro gamer like what does your nine to five look like i'm sure it's not nine to five but <laughs> i mean like typically, I, I think the one perk of being like an esport player is we're quite free with that type of stuff so 
there's not one specific time I have to wake up. So I don't have to wake up at 10. I don't have to wake up at one. It's kind of whatever makes you feel comfortable and what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, during the year, there's definitely different times. So like at the start of the year, when the game first comes out, we're pretty much on it every day, all day, trying to learn the new mechanics, get used to the game, learn the new tactics, blah, blah, blah. And as like this period now, I'm definitely not as on it throughout the week. So maybe I'm on it four or three times throughout the week, but I'm not playing a lot of games. I might be playing a few practice games against other pros, a few practice tourneys. And then the foot champions on the weekend is kind of the main thing that I play just to kind of keep my hands a bit warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lucky thing, it's whatever. Some people grind all day, every day, but it don't work out for them. Some people hardly play the game and they become world champions. So it's just finding that right balance and what works for you. In terms of like that routine, um, like foot champs, obviously, like you say, for most casual FIFA players, that is like the toughest environment you can probably test yourself in, in the comfort of your own home, right? For you yourself, I imagine you'll probably go, if you do a foot champs weekend, you'll probably what, go 27 and up, like without really breaking too much of a sweat. How do you sort of keep sharp in those periods between tournaments? Do you like essentially, like with boxing, right? You'll have sparrers in before you for a big fight. Is there like a community of pro players that essentially kind of play friendly with each other to keep each other sharp? Or like, yeah, how do you keep yourself on it at all times? Like? Yeah, I mean, most of the time on Twitter, if you want a game, you just post on Twitter, like any pros want to play friendly. There's lots of group chats going around. And even now this year, um, a fellow pro has started doing tournaments every night where okay. anyone can enter. You pay five five euros entry um, and you compete against the best in the world. And that's kind of been the main practice point for us pros this year. It's really good competition. And it kind of puts you in that kind of environment where you're playing these qualifiers, you're playing these tournaments, so everyone's trying their best. And it's a really tough environment. But yeah, I scrim against a lot of pros. I'm in a group chat with some close friends and then we scrim against each other. And yeah, that's all you have to do really. It sounds like within that professional circuit, right, there's a lot of, you know, camaraderie, which is great. But of course, being a professional is tough. There's a lot of sacrifice. And of course, with all of the highs, there are going to be some hard parts. What are some of the hard components to being an esports professional that some people may not know about? Um, it's it's that pressure and that kind of stress to win. Um, as you know, esports is a very, very competitive environment. You know, if you're not performing, some new kid on the block can come and take your spot kind of thing. So you always got to try and be on your game. And sometimes, especially with FIFA, with FIFA, it's not like sometimes you can be the better player, but you don't get the results. It it does depend on luck. It does depend on the little things like confidence, the mental side of the game. Um, But there's a lot of dark times because sometimes you can hit the post. Like for me last year, I lost the qualifying game for, for four tournaments. So I lost the last game to qualify for an event four times. To explain that to your parents, it, they don't really understand that oh, they could score from kickoff, they scored a header, you know, they scored a rebound. You can't really explain that. And even to some managers out there in some esports team, they don't really understand. They just see, oh, you didn't qualify. And, but it's all about making it to the event. And that's and some people don't really understand what you go through on a daily basis. It's a really tough environment, um, but it is what it is and you just got to find a way to battle. Do you feel like that understanding as you know everything is growing do you feel that understanding is getting a bit better where people are understanding the the aspects of like you're saying like you know this was frustrating they're not just seeing it as what are you talking about what 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 do you mean they scored from kickoff is there a bit more knowledge going around now of those specific hard points 
I think definitely within the scene it is like a lot more managers are kind of playing the game themselves and watch a lot more games and hearing the commentators and experts talk about it. Even when I spoke to my parents yesterday, my dad was calling me like, oh, you tried to walk it in the net a bit too much, but he doesn't really understand what I'm trying to do, but fair to him, but he's trying to learn. And that's what it's all about. You can't expect people to know exactly what's going on. But it's all about, it's just about having fun and just trying to pick up and learn the game as, as, as easy as it is. And that's so funny. Just imagine your dad saying you need to be spamming the wings and putting the crosses in more. Yeah, like yeah, just hit, just hit it and stuff like that. Like, like dad, it doesn't really work like that. Uh, but funny, man. you got you can't really can't really blame him for it. No, hundred percent. It does tap in something that I find really interesting though. Like one thing that always sticks out to me about about like esports and the, and the FIFA scene especially, and it's something that you deserve enormous credit for. Like you've been you know at the top of your game now for like what the best part of four or five years probably. Um, yeah. And I always think right every year the game changes to an extent. And like casual players feel that as well. And I imagine at the higher ranks, you probably feel those marginal gains or losses in an even major way. So like a few years this year, like year to year, how do you cope with the changes that take place within the game? And like, yeah, how do you try and manage yourself to keep the same levels in spite of things changing that are often out of your control? It is a really tough one because... You know, as you said, the year changed every the game changes every year. So like FIFA 17, FIFA 18, that I think that was my strongest years. FIFA 17, I was definitely, you know, top three in the world, I would like to say. FIFA 18, I started off being number one in the world. Um, but then FIFA 19, FIFA 20, I'm there struggling early on in the year. And the past few years, I've been that kind of type of player that as the year goes on, I start to heat up, I start to compete with the best, I start to putting good performances and stuff like that. It's all about kind of learning the game. Some people are fast learners. Some people take, take some time. Um, but it's all about just trying to work hard. I like to watch other pros to see what they do and try to add that to my game. Um, but it's all about just trying to be consistent and to keep on working at it because eventually it will come. 100%. What do you think, uh, again, like this is purely hypothetical, FIFA 22, what, what do you think the game needs to do next to sort of be more in line with your skill set and your abilities, you think? I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. As the years goes on, I feel like the game's getting worse. Um, a, lot, a lot of people are saying it. It's actually getting yeah. a bit worse. But for me, it's like someone's got to win these tournaments. Why can't it be me? So that's what I try and look at. I don't really try and blame the game. I think for it to suit me next year, I think they've got to make defending a bit more harder. I feel like defending is a bit more assisted right now. And usually when I play FIFA, defending is kind of my strong suit. So when I'm playing different fevers where they can defend as good as me, I struggle a little bit because my attack might not be as good as other players. So if they can make defending a little bit more manual, I think that can benefit me a little bit. Man, that would that would crucify me. So I'm hoping they can. <laughs> <laughs> so like in terms of like your kind of habits as a gamer generally, like what is your skill like on other games? Like for example, you are absolutely levels at FIFA. Are you also a Don on Warzone? Can you also kill it on Fortnite? Like, just generally, are you a naturally adept person on other games? And do you still play casually, even though, like, it's such a big part of your job and a big part of your life? I'm not going to lie. I don't want to brag myself too much, but I'm a beamer on Call of Duty. Like, I think I'm crazy at COD. Um, I could have went pro on NBA 2K. Um, I was entered in the draft, but I couldn't enter two esports at the time, so I just stuck with FIFA. Um, Fortnite I was good at the start but I think these builders just got a bit too crazy for me but I, like I said I'm really competitive so whatever game I want to play like I play for fun but obviously like, I want to win so when I'm playing COD I like to play like competitive matches league play stuff like that and just play against the other good players in the world but nah I think, I, I think I'm quite good on some other games 
of course we have we've had a pandemic that we've been in and one thing I really noticed was people decided to use you know esports e-gaming as a as a way to kind of get close to audiences and what that made me think of as as someone that's a professional within this space that's getting so much attention now and you're at the top of the game what sort of impacts did um, the pandemic have on your career and the industry I think it just brought more people together more people understanding our industry and even just more opportunities you see footballers playing a lot more with pro professional players you see streamers collaborating with footballers athletes singers all of this type of people it just kind of just bringing everyone together and I think it just makes them understand a little bit more about our scene when they see the EPL um, they've done the professional football league tournament last year you see them in like our environment which is kind of weird and you see how seriously they take it when they lose they're a bit angry and stuff like that but it's thing is just bringing everyone together and that's what it's all about I love that dynamic because for typically people probably look at you know football and be like oh I want to understand understand it and now because of how quickly the industry's grown and all of these moments people are literally looking at those kids that you're saying that will come up asking for pictures they are studying you and looking at your path and being like okay how do I do what Shells has done so I can become that which I find just amazing because it means that there's so many different avenues now it's not just traditional or be a be a you know be a footballer be a manager there's so many different avenues that you can really tap into but with all of that you've experienced in the last four to five years you've had some memorable moments what are some of the craziest memories you've had in that journey I think it definitely has to be in that second tournament um, where I won 80,000 but to get into the final I won a penalty shootout and that was just like I think Winning that game there kind of just changed my life. So it put me in the final. I won $80,000 guaranteed because obviously I had to play the finals. He didn't know if I was going to win or lose. But to that money for a 17-year-old from London, like I was just like, I was in tears after the game. And I wasn't even, I still had another game to play. But I was I was in tears. Um, my, fa- my friends and family were blowing up my phone. Um, but there's been so much memories, but that has to be number one for me. In that moment though, like, you know when you've, you've essentially secured the bag, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know those game shows on like ITV or BBC where it's kind of like, if you take this path, you've secured this amount. And like, how do you then kind of focus on locking and it's almost like, okay, I still have the final to go because for you, like you said, it's your second tournament in, you know, you've, you've come into this area, you've shaken things up and you've secured that already right when playing the final. How do you then refocus and prepare for that final? I'm not gonna lie. I think because obviously I was like not experienced at the time. I did definitely do a lot of things wrong. Like I was there, like I couldn't really process what was actually happening and how fast things were changing. But for me, when I get into a game, I feel like I block everything out. It's like when I'm actually playing, everything goes away. All my problems, all the nerves, it's all gone. I'm just focused on the game. I'm just trying to read what's going on the pitch and like you don't really think about all the outside stuff. You're just thinking about what's going on in the game. And I think that's what I do well. Um, but yeah, before the game, I was just going mad. I was just, couldn't believe it in tears. My friends were just like going crazy for me. And that was, it was crazy. One thing that we did mention, obviously, like the pandemic is such a, such a big thing that's affected everyone over the last year. In your case, especially, like we're talking to you now, you know, you're in, you know, your home, you've been playing this, this massive tournament in your home. Usually you'd be traveling to different countries, cities, playing. How has the change been um, to essentially sort of play these massive tournaments for pretty big money in the comfort of your own home as opposed to being on location, having this sort of pre-match routine you usually go through? Has it been beneficial or more difficult to sort of play these big moments in the comfort of your home? 
I think it's been a bit of both. Like for me, I think I'm a quite, I'm a better land player. Like I feel like when I'm at these tournaments in different places around the world, I just play that a little bit better because I know how much it means. I feel like it kind of changes me mentally. Whereas at home, I feel like it's just like another kind of little tournament kind of thing. But obviously I'm taking it seriously. Um, but I just don't think I play as good as I do as when I play at these land tournaments. But at home, I've definitely been a lot more calmer and relaxed. Usually at these land tournaments, like, I'm kind of nervous and I feel like I'm going to be sick before my games. Whereas here, I'm kind of playing it a lot more chilled, listen to music, you know, can just go to the toilet or go get water if I want to. Um, play in my pajamas, whatever, just like just to be a little more comfortable. But yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Some people obviously don't like it, some people do. Um, but I do love playing at these land tournaments. Have you had any like connection horror stories? Yes, there's been many connection horror stories where you're just lagging and obviously you can't really do anything about it. You've got to try for a way to battle through. But one tournament I got knocked out because I'm literally lagging on my screen and there's nothing you can do about it. But yeah. I try not to blame uh, anything or try and just be that guy on Twitter just raging, but it is frustrating. Yeah, it's a madness. I was thinking that for me, like I reckon I love the idea that you're calmer at home because I'd imagine if I was doing it at home, I'd probably be more prone to like getting angry <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. about people right you've got this idea that you have to kind of keep a social etiquette but um, no I love that um, just finally like this podcast you know we kind of talk about big ideas in football how the game is changing what's next for the game with regards to esports as an area as someone who's in it as someone who's lived through a pretty big boom period in the last four years or so what do you think is next for the scene um, and like where do you think the e-premier league especially could be held in five years time who could be watching it how big could this be as an event and really as a culture yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because I think the potential of esports in general is just, you can't predict it. It's too big. Um, but with the e Premier League, I would love to see it as a proper league. Maybe they hold maybe season one or two and within a year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like a bit more longevity. And hopefully we could be playing in like the finals in massive arenas soon to come. And with esports in general, I hope to see some more team tournaments, you know, for me, I'm a pro clubs guy, so I would love if the EA have ever done something like 3v3, 4v5, uh, 4v4, 5v5, and just bring that kind of team base to the game. Um, but the potential for esports and FIFA, the sky's the limit, really. So hopefully they can do something well. Trust me, we've, we've been saying the same for pro clubs for a minute. Like We play every Monday night or so as a team, and we're thinking like, that that's where the white space is, in our opinion, is making that competitive because it does sort of blend. Like proper fun and socialism as well, I guess, with friends. And it feels like the closest you can get, I guess, to comparative football, if you could build out a team and etc. I think like, yeah, for us, we'd love to see that on a personal level. So look, we need help all over the pitch. So if at any point you want to jump on, if they want to be a striker spot, then bro, you are, you're our guest. Yeah, I am a striker, so I don't know who will be have to drop for me, but yeah. Oh, right, listen, we can, we can get it sorted. We'll get you, get you off. we'll sort the paperwork with Man City and get you on loan, don't worry. <laughs> Now, listen, Shells, appreciate your time. Really nice talking to you and sort of taking us through your life, your story and your career so far. Absolute pleasure. Best of luck with EPL. Best of luck with the rest of the FIFA season. And yeah, roll on FIFA 22 and uh, more manual defending. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bless. Okay, cool. This has been the Future of Football. We'll catch you again next time. Respect. Peace, Peace. out. <laughs>